from Relay FM, this is Connected, episode 459. Today's show is brought to you by Notion and Electric. I'm one of your co-hosts, Federico Viticci, and it's my pleasure to introduce my other co-host, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Federico. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to your show, I guess. It's also y- yours. Yes, yes. Welcome yeah. to our show. And uh, yes. I also want to welcome Mike Hurley. It's also his show. Hello, yeah. it is also my show. And Federico, it's also your show. Yeah, we got a socialist thing going on here, right? Yes. Is that, yes, okay, cool. Well, I mean, well, this is the question. Are we saying it's everyone's show or just ours? Well, in spirit, you know. Okay, so it is more of a democracy than, right? You're getting hung up on the details. It's Where the listeners have elected us yes. as like representatives of them. Yes, of their opinions. Yeah. Um, yeah. They elected us representatives, but they cannot remove us from power. It's like a one-way. Well, they kind of can, by, by if they stop listening. They can yeah. stop listening. Yeah. That's just like, I don't like the leaders. And it's like, oh, I'm going to move to Canada. You know? It's like, no, you're not. And nobody ever stops listening to Connected. Like, it's a train you never get it off. You know? Like, why would you stop listening? Like, I get it for other tech podcasts, because after a while, they're like, yeah. But why would you stop listening to Connected? We keep you on your toes all the time. To be fair, yeah. If you've gotten on this train, you can't leave. Why would you? Yeah. Like, if you decided to board, like, like, you're on it. Like, other tech shows, like, I I, I get it. You know, after a while, you know, these folks are turning 50 or whatever. It's it's fine. You want to stop listening. But why would you stop listening to Connected? Nobody ever does it. (laughs) Uh, I, I had like a weird thought yesterday while I was, we were at a restaurant and they were playing some music that was like popular in the 90s like mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And I realized that like, now don't like call me up on my math here, but music now to the 90s, right, was like when I was born, it was like music from like yes. the 60s and 70s. And that is yeah. like a horrible thing to consider in my mind. Like but, I, but I'll tell my, you the this. bands from my youth, right? Like w- were like the Beach Boys from when I was a baby. Mm. You know, like that's just like such a strange consideration to me. But I'll give you this detail, please. And I, so Sylvia tells me that um, so the kids, the teenagers, she uh, teaches against uh, yeah. you. Um, she tells me that the new generation they know music from our era from the late 90s and the early 2000s, much more than you would expect. Um, and, and she says much more than we, when we were this kid's age, we knew music from the 60s, which is interesting. Apparently, you know, at least kids, in, you know, in, this is a very specific example here in Italy, you know, kids, Silvia teaches dance to, but they know a lot of like stuff that arguably is like 25 to 30 years old. I mean, I feel like I knew a lot of that music. I guess this is like what your parents listen to, but... Oh, Chance has a good... Chance makes a great point in this quarter, probably because of TikTok. And I think that's right. I think that's one of the reasons why. Well, that and and streaming music, right? Like, you can just search for something. Like, when we were coming up, you had to, you know, you had to go to the the record store, you know, Mm -hmm. wait for it to come on the radio Mm. or LimeWire it. But now you can just stream it. So let's do some follow-up. Mike, tell us about the potential of Lil Widgie. So we have spoken about our friend Lil Widgie many times. And uh, developer underscore David Smith sent us a, a Mastodon post that he has been sketching out the true power of what Lil Widgie 
could incorporate. So, you know, we said put it in halves. Well, why not put it in quarters? Why not put four shortcuts actions in there? Well, David has drawn out the true evolution of Lil Widgie all the way to Nano Widgie, which is a four by four grid. <laughs> this is a whole family tree of widgets yes. over here, starting mm-hmm. from Papa Widgie, which is just one button to small little Widgie, tiny Widgie, which is six buttons, mini Widgie, micro Widgie, and eventually Nano Widgie. Um, I love this. I mean, Nano Widgie is unusable. I mean, honestly, I would say that probably up, on, up until Mini Ouija, which is the 3x3 three three grid. Maybe. Uh, you Pretty know. small. 3x3 three three might mi- be too much. Tiny Ouija, the 3x2, the like a 6, you could do that. Tiny for sure. Tiny yeah. for sure. Yeah. Mini, challenging. I would Micro, just like to, yeah. uh, as the creator of the term, Lil Ouija, I would just like to just get out there what, what is the canonical spelling. Mm. which is L-I-L apostrophe W-I-D-G-Y. That is Lil Widgy. I just want everyone to know. Right, you got to have the Y and the apostrophe. Okay. It's Lil, right? It's not little. Lil, Lil Widgy. Lil. I just want to get that out there. I mean, you know, I've seen a lot of people. Lil. I'm spreading the good word about Lil Widgy, which I'm happy about, but I just want everyone to know Lil Widgy is spelled like that. L-I-L apostrophe space W-I-D-G-Y, Lil Widgy. Mm. Thank you, underscore. I would maybe suggest you're probably pretty busy right now. <laughs> and while I appreciate this, I want I want to make sure that we're all getting good widgets, you know? I, I don't think Nano Widgie is the, is the way to go. Little Widgie, though. Let's fill that thing up. L- little Widgie for sure, yeah. Ridiculous Fishing EX is now on Apple Arcade. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago when it was announced as part of the absolute bumper July that uh, mm-hmm. Apple Arcade is having. Uh, two things. Fantastic and I love it. My phone has never been so hot. Yeah. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Now, I think this may be a component, like a, like a double feature of having the beta on my phone, but... Mm-hmm. I actually, if I play this game for like 10 minutes, my phone is uncomfortable to hold. <laughs> like I, this is again, like I don't have a case, which I think makes you feel the heat more. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. I'm having a wonderful time. They have done a, this is one of the better remasters of a game that I maybe have ever played. Like mm-hmm. the core gameplay is there and they have just done a fantastic job of um, j- really just like improving it and making all the visuals better to sound better they've modernized certain aspects of the game and brought like a tiktok aspect in like it's fantastic yeah it's so good i I think they've done an excellent job modernizing the graphics and all the little all the funny additions that they have now like uh the the revised sort of smartphone and the apps that sort of Mm -hmm. serve as as the menu and the and the ui for managing the inventory or or going to the shop to buy new equipment and new parts and the in-app version of tiktok called big buck if i'm not mistaken big buck that that lets you scroll through different videos about fishing and stuff (laughs) it's it's so well done and i I remember when uh when i interviewed zach gauge uh last month at wwdc and zach told me and john like i'm working on something pretty wild and i can't wait to show you and i have to imagine that it's this like a total reimagining of ridiculous fishing i've been playing 
ever since it came out, it's the core of the game. It's still so incredibly good, and it feels so good, especially now with haptic feedback, which was not a thing, I believe, when the original came out. So mm. uh, I, I love this game. I love the new graphics, and it's a perfect example of how you take an old game and you keep its spirit alive and you modernize everything about it. It's perfectly done. This is... You know, there's a lot of talk about app pres- like game preservation at the moment because there was a study done about it. Mm-hmm. I kind of go backwards and forwards on it. Like, I understand why people would want it, but for me, I kind of feel like, you know, I've heard people say this before and I, and I do subscribe to old game is old. Like, I'm just not really massively in- interested. But, like, this to me is, like, the best possible way that game preservation could exist. Like, the work is put in and you make the game more modern over time. Like... I know it's a lot of work and I know it's hard, but I'm just so happy that this exists because, you know, I, I was, taught, I, you know, I've seen people say like the game was starting to fall apart, right? Like if you were playing the old Ridiculous Fishing because it wasn't updated um, because like the development team behind it doesn't exist anymore. Um, like the company split apart, uh, well, part of the company split apart. So I'm happy that they were able to work this one out and bring it together and it's just awesome. Federico, we had a lot of listeners concerned about your well-being because uh, Meta has turned off some access to threads from the EU. Can you uh, tell us what life is like? Uh, The result of this is that I'm not using threads anymore. And I'm in this Mm. quite the paradox over here where I cannot use threads, but people keep following me on threads. And the thing is, I can only read my timeline. I can like posts. You can't post? I can do anything mm. else. I cannot post. I cannot post. I cannot view my notifications. I cannot view my profile. I cannot view reply. I can open, uh, I can tap on a post in the timeline, but I cannot view replies to that post. So it's like interesting. 20% usable uh, for me. And yes, I've tried with VPN and everything. I don't know what they've done, but they've, make, they've made it unusable in Europe, and um, even though I know that's for a, a good reason, right? Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, look at now, those Europeans are not having fun." Like it's about privacy regulations that, and we have stricter regulations than the rest of the world. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna criticize that because I know that it's a good thing. Yes, it sucks that I cannot use Threads right now. Um, but I also know that it's for um, it's it's like it's like a little medicine that we or Europeans need to take. It doesn't taste great, but it's for our own good. So we gotta wait a little bit more, and yeah, that's why you're not gonna see any posts from me on Threads because I cannot post, and uh, you know, just browsing my timeline without being able to do anything else—that's no fun. So I have. Um, Taking it off my home screen, that was a good five days or a week until till it lasted, yeah. Well, you know, at least you can still read mine and Steven's good threads, you know, in the meantime. Yeah, but it's like, it's like watching a party from outside someone yes. else's house. Yes. Yeah. It's very sad. You know, what you need is like a reverse Big Apple buddy, but for posting on threads. So like you send somebody oh. what you want to say on threads and then they do it for you from the United States. You know, actually, that's not a terrible idea. John, 
That's actually a good <laughs> idea. Like you've had, you've had worse ideas, Stephen, over the years. Well, that's true. But don't even think about it as like a, a regional, like political issue. Like Tom Cruise isn't doing his own thing on Twitter, right? Like he has people for that. It's not that you can't access it. You're too busy for that. You need someone. Mm, you're too busy for it. So what you're saying is that I need an agent. You need a you need a threads guy. I need a threads guy. I'd be like, hey, where's my threads guy? It would be really good if you could find someone called Fred. Fred, my threads guy. You got Fred th- threads Fred. You know. Threads Fred. Threads Fred. <laughs> threads that would Fred. be really good. Yeah. But huh. that is actually a really smart idea. So you can still put your stuff on threads and like your articles and such and your big thoughts. And uh, even though you can't do it yourself, that's smart. Very smart. Uh, I did see something where we're talking about threads about activity pub. So they posted this on threads and linked to like a, an article on their creator site, which says, we are working towards making threads compatible with ActivityPub, which means it would work for apps like Mastodon and WordPress. Think of it like email. You can write to anyone with an email address because it's a decentralized system. For creators, this means in the future, your posts can appear on other apps and services, allowing you to reach new audiences and grow your audience with no added effort. In addition, you'll have the option to take your content and move to other services like Mastodon at any time. I continue to be very like... I, I do think that they are working on this. I think the fact that they are naming Mastodon specifically is just, I think, another good indicator in the that they are wanting to do this, right? Because it's like, I don't know, that feels like a lot to just say it. Like, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm being hopeful. I don't know. But uh, I think this is a good sign that they are working on ActivityPub as their kind of backbone here. Mike, would you like to take a victory lap? Uh, you know what? I actually would like to do that. Uh, so the Beat Studio Pro launched today on July 19th. So this was the information, well, the key piece of information that my uh, anonymous informant had, um, which was linked to uh, Chance Miller, friend of the show, linked to that when, you know, as, as Mr. Hurley was was uh, giving that information. Um, and it also confirmed basically all of the things that we were talking about on the show in the lead up to this product aforementioned chance had a review of this product on 9to5Mac and came away with a take that I was not expecting. It was very interesting that basically with this, Apple has made AirPods Max basically impossible to recommend as a product. So I'm going to give some of the headlines here, but I recommend reading Chance's review. It'll be in the show notes. So these are more lightweight. They fold into a case. They have USB-C and a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack, as well as Bluetooth. There is some complexity about what you can and can't do. So like in Bluetooth is where you can use regular ANC and transparency, right? But if you use the USB-C cable, you can't use those anymore. They have those profiles, those audio profiles that I was mentioning. But you get the added ability because of their built-in DAC when using the included USB-C cable to get Apple lossless audio. So you can get 24-bit, 48 kilohertz sample rates. Is that good, Federico? Yeah, that's very good. Okay. So by using USB-C cable, you can then use Apple lossless audio with these Mm -hmm. headphones. Another thing you cannot do with AirPods Max. Uh, Chance says that the audio quality, the noise cancelling, and the transparency sound as good as AirPods Max to him. Uh, But professors do not be an audiophile, which I also profess to. It has personalized spatial audio support. AirPods Max don't have that. Mm -hmm. And longer battery life. 
From the article that I read, there are two key downsides that I took away. Does not have automatic device switching on iOS. I know a lot of people don't like that. I do like that. It works very well for me. Um, and so that's a shame. But the biggest, I think, for me is maybe like if you uh, take them off, it doesn't pause. Boo. Well, you have to manually mm. pause. They cut a corner there, I feel like, by not putting that sensor in. Yeah, that just feels like cheaping out. Uh, why Why go through all the work to do everything else to make these awesome? But all of this, $349. So $200 cheaper than the AirPods Max. Of course, the uh, fit and finish is different, right? Um, like the quality, like the materials used are different. Um, and so that adds to the lightweightness, but there's also, you know, there's a lot of plastic going on in here and stuff. But these seem like really, really good headphones. So I just checked uh, the Italian Apple Store and there's a product page for them but I cannot buy them immediately. So it's like when the transparent Beats Studio... What, no, Beats... What, what are they called, the transparent ones? Uh, Beats, Beats Studio Buds? Studio Beats, Buds, Beats, Beats Buds, Beats Buds Pro XL. Yeah. Well, anyway, the product page was <laughs> up and I was only able to buy them after a couple of weeks. Um, I'm on Big Apple Buddy right now and I'm searching for Beats Studio Pro. Don't let me down. They don't have them. They let you down. They let me down. They really let you down. They did the thing they were not supposed to do. Letting me Studio down. Studio Buds Plus. That's what that product was called. Oh, Big Apple Buddy. Studio what? Buds Plus. Wait, hold on. Oh, you can get these in brown. Look at yes, that. we spoke about this. Yeah, this but, was one of the things. Yeah, I no, no, but no, I'm no, seeing no. the photos now. I love the brown. They have them. They have them. Beats Do Studio, it. Big Apple. Uh, is there a way to double check the the uh, model number? On the on the Apple side, it says new in orange. So that's well, how you know. Here it says one hundred percent authentic, guaranteed. Uh, well, it'll have USB C, right? All right. So is let's say it says uh, USB C. Acting, uh, more ways to connect. USB-C audio, class 1 Bluetooth, and 3.5 mm. Yeah, these are the new ones. Yeah. They're not on the UK store either. I think Beats does this a lot. They're like US only for a little bit, and then it rolls out more I posted the link in Discord, and but these are should be the ones that are new, in theory. And I think even the marketing shots are the same ones as the... Uh, yeah, testing conducted by Apple in May 2023. Yeah, these are the new ones. They have them. And I could get I could get them next Thursday. I've never seen the Big Apple Buddy website Add before. to cart. <laughs> Check out. You can buy a Magic Leap from them. Do that too. <laughs> no, why would I get a Magic Leap? <laughs> I don't know. It was just like right there on the homepage. I mean, it's right there. Add to cart, you know. Yeah. Calculate shipping costs. I kind of want to try Let's these. See. You should buy them. Give us your full review. Okay. I will. The chance did a really good job, but I was talking to Stephen, but you should buy them too. I knew you were going to buy them, Federico. That wasn't a question. My my problem with the beats I've tried in the past is they're they're too tight on my head. I have a big head and I have a lot of hair. Okay. So I also we'll had see. that problem before. Like after a while, the t- like the thing is, I also know that I'm going to get the new AirPods Max whenever they come out. You know, because I. I I really like my AirPods Max, but at this point, from a from a tech and sound perspective, they are made obsolete by these. Huh, what should I do? I should probably get them. 
you know, for science. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Notion. Project management tools are supposed to help you get your work done faster and let you stay organized. But if you're still jumping through like 50 tabs in your browser just to do your job, then maybe you haven't found the right tool yet. And nothing will slow you down like using the wrong tools to get things done. This is where Notion comes in. Notion has this really cool set of AI features. It can do a lot of stuff you would expect from tools like this where you can give it a bunch of text and it will summarize it. But I think the most useful one in this context is you can drop in a bunch of meeting notes and it can go through and sort out the action items from those notes. So if you have things that you need to do or others need to do, it can sort all that th- sort all that out for you, saving you a bunch of time. Notion has just launched Notion Projects, which include new powerful ways to manage your projects, and you can leverage the power of those built-in AI features there too. Notion Projects combines project management with your documents, your knowledge base, and AI, so you can stop jumping between tools and stop paying too much for them too. In just one workspace, you can have everything you need to get your projects over the finish line, from brainstorming to drafting launch plans to organizing sprints and keeping everyone on deadline. Notion is super customizable. Everyone has preferences for how they like to view their projects and their work. So you can view everything in whatever way works best for you, whether that's as a timeline, a table, or a Kanban board. There's also powerful filtering and automation features, so you can work exactly the way that you want. On top of that, Notion AI helps you automate all that tedious overhead, like summarizing meeting notes like I was talking about, finding next steps, freeing you up to do the deep work. Do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it today for free at notion.com slash connected. That's N-O-T-I-O-N, notion.com slash connected. The link is in the show notes. And when you use that link, you're supporting our show. So go check it out, notion.com slash connected. Our thanks to Notion for their support of the show and Relay FM. I placed an order. At Apple, buddy? Yeah. Still your buddy. Yeah, it's, you know, the grand return of Big Apple, buddy. Hopefully you won't let me down. Anyway. Oh, I see you guys wanted to talk about my HomePod Mini. Yeah, do a little follow out there. Uh-huh. Tell us about your portable HomePod Mini. So I posted this photo yesterday on the Dawn because it's the only social network I can use, right? You could use Twitter if you wanted to. I'm just saying, like, it's out there for you if you want it. Do you want it? Uh, No. You know? Like, I will literally reactivate my Facebook account before I post anything on Twitter. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I will come back on Facebook with all my boomer friends and... Yeah. Post there. Um, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, so I posted a photo on the Dawn, uh, semi-ironically, as I often do, saying this is what peak portability looks like. And the photo had an iPad Pro, uh, a portable MagSafe battery, MagSafe certified battery. I think we're going to talk about this in a few minutes. And a HomePod mini on a, on a charging base. And a lot of people were like, what is that HomePod Mini? What are you doing? So a few weeks ago on App Stories, on the Plus segment of App Stories, um, I was talking to John about this idea that I had. 
and this theory that I wanted to confirm. And my theory was sort of like before you start an experiment, you start with a thesis. Is it a thesis or is it a theory? What, what is before an experiment? Hypothesis? An hypothesis. Yes, thank you. That's the, that's the, you, you, you know all the best words. So the hypothesis was, what if the best portable airplay speaker is a HomePod Mini? That was the hypothesis. And the idea was that I remembered from years ago that I saw on Amazon these products that turned the HomePod Mini into a portable speaker for the home. So by portable, I mean that you can move it around the house. Obviously, the HomePod Mini needs Wi-Fi. So it's not the, not, I don't mean portable in the sense that you're going to take this to the beach with you, right? Or on a picnic with you. Portable inside the house. That's what I mean. Um, and also by definition, a portable AirPlay speaker, AirPlay is a Wi-Fi protocol. So portable AirPlay means you got to be on a Wi-Fi network. And so the idea was, well, I, ha I have a Sonos Roam, which is a portable AirPlay speaker. And I like it, but I don't love it. And so I thought it was probably going to be a, a nice, interesting experiment to take a HomePod Mini, and I love the sound of a HomePod Mini, and make it portable. So I purchased this uh, HomePod Mini battery base. It's a 10,000 milliampere per hour um, like sort of device made by a company called the Plus Ac. That's Plus ACC. I got it from Amazon. So it's this round-shaped battery. You put the HomePod Mini on top of it, and you wrap the cable, the HomePod Mini cable. You wrap it inside. If you see, there's a little ridge in the base. So that's where you hide the HomePod mini cable and you plug it into the USB-C port of the battery. That's how the battery gives power to the HomePod mini. In the back of this charging base, there are two USB-C ports. One is where you plug in your HomePod mini and the other is where you recharge the battery. When you detach the, like on its own, the battery gives the HomePod mini, in theory, a nine hours of battery life. I'm sure that if you use it on battery mode, a maximum volume, it's not going to be nine hours. But still, uh, my, the my, hypothesis was, my hypothesis was correct. Uh, for the past month, I've been using the HomePod mini exactly like this. Uh, normally... It's on my desk. I'm looking at it right now. But when I want to work in the living room or if I want to take it outside because maybe I have a few people over for dinner or we're just chilling on the balcony with friends I, or maybe you know I want to take it in the bedroom or whatever, I can just unplug it and take it with me. It stays on Wi-Fi and I can just move it wherever I want. There is one final detail that you cannot see from the picture that I want to mention. So I knew that I was going to keep this thing usually on my desk. But the idea was I'm going to detach this from the USB-C cable that charges the battery quite often. That's why I'm buying this product. And you know me, I'm lazy. I didn't want to have the stress or concern of having to carefully detach a USB-C cable from the back of the battery base every time I wanted to take this with me in other rooms of the house. So, in the back of the battery base, 
I attached a magnetic USB-C dongle. And for my desk, I got a USB-C cable that attaches magnetically that is that has a 90 degree angle. So, and I'm going to try and take a picture for you right now and send it to you guys so you can see what I mean. Basically, when I'm at my desk, that's what you see in the back. And when I detach the HomePod Mini, I'm taking a picture of the magnetic USB. It's like MagSafe. I've basically made MagSafe. Yeah, yeah I've seen these things before. People were, were buying up a lot of the... Well, were buying these before MagSafe came back, right? It's like... Obviously, the oh, HomePod Mini... save my it's MagSafe. Not, the HomePod Mini does not have MagSafe, but I've made my not own. Not with that attitude, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all this to say, I love this, and I like it more than my Sonos Roam. And you get all the benefits of a HomePod Mini, right? Uh, it's it, You can take your iPhone close to it to transfer playback. It's perfect. You can use Siri, obviously, around the house. You just take it with you, and uh, it still sounds the same. And uh, obviously, it's it's a bit taller because it's got a, a battery on a you know under its feet f- or singular foot, I guess in the in the case of a HomePod Mini. There's a whole bunch of really weird HomePod Mini mounts on Amazon. There's one that looks like a robot. There's a bunch that like let you hang it on a wall. There's a wooden one. Oh yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, this one looks like a spider. Looks like a thing that will kill you. But yeah, seriously, why would you get? the robot with the HomePod Mini on top of it. For an aesthetic? I don't know. Oh, I mean, sure. It's an aesthetic. Yeah. It says com- uh, protection. It says here. Extensive using occasions. The robot shape of the Matatop HomePod Mini stand can be used in an office, home, garden, etc. If you place the stand on a table in your shop or office, it will make your tabletop stand out and catch other people's eyes. So, maybe that's the reason. Anyway, you know when you when you buy something from Big Apple Body, uh, mm-hmm. you get an email afterwards, okay, and it says your Bab order. Bab, <laughs> Bab, oh Bab, hey Bab, Bab. hey Bab, <laughs> your Bab order. <laughs> uh, well. I appreciate what you've done here. I think this is a very good hack. Mm. Yeah, this is like when I when I put the the memory foam in the AirPods Pro before memory foam tips existed. Yeah, I should write about this on Mac Stories. Right now, it's been only a, a podcast-only reveal. Podcast exclusive. It's a podcast exclusive. Uh, I, I, I'll write about it at some point. While we're in the follow-out segment, I just want to point people towards the brand new Relay underscore Relay FM Instagram account. Stephen is posting horrible things. <laughs> yeah, this is horrible. That fo- I forgot about that photo. The face, the face swap photo. The the face swap. I forgot about it, and and I, and I wish you kept it that way, because see that that photo. It's not it's not just your face, Stephen, on Mike's body. My main issue is with Mike's face on your body, Stephen. <laughs> um, They're both pretty terrible. <laughs> no, no, no. But Mike's face on your body is really bad because of like whatever happened to the right side. And the glasses. There's like a chunk missing out of my head, out of my head. I feel like this was, there was like, a, when this, because these are all old, like yeah. Steven is raiding like a Dropbox folder that he has of stuff, I think. And this, uh, there was some like face swap app that was popular at the time, I think, when you did this. 
Because this photo is very old. It's like 2014 or something. Yeah, it's like XOXO a long time ago. A long time ago. But yeah, we have that. Uh, underscore Relay FM is also on threads. So you can follow it there. Not much going on on the threads account uh, yet, but we're kind of figuring out how to use it. Hopefully we'll be able to automate that when we post new episodes, but I haven't found a tool to do that yet. So doesn't exist yet. Yeah, but soon... But not yet. I promised that I would report back on the watchOS 10 beta. So I'm here to report back. I installed it while editing the show last week. And I got to say, I really love the new, like, full screen, full color design work. I think in particular, the activity and weather apps really look nice and especially on the ultra like it really shows how big the screen is and it's it's funny to me i mean the first several apple watches how much they did to hide that the screen and the bezels like that whole situation like we're going to blur the line between our ui and the edge of the watch and now they're kind of moving the opposite direction as the hardware has evolved but i really think it looks nice and i'm hopeful that third-party developers will adopt this new look and feel uh, I haven't seen much, but it's early. Or it's only the middle of July. But I'm hopeful as we move closer and then beyond the watchOS 10 launch that developers will at least have an option if you don't want just a black background in their app to uh, to give you some more color and some more personality because I think it's a lot of fun. And I think that uh, in a way, like there's something about this that feels like a like a pretty big like branding opportunity for apps like if you have a set app color like a lot of your interface could be defined by that now on the watch like it can be on ios and ipad os and it's kind of extending that to watch os for the first time so i think it all looks great in terms of usability like it's fine like i haven't lost any workouts it's not crashing i will say battery life isn't great but on the ultra like it's fine i haven't hit low power mode in a single day but uh, I can't, I used to, I used to very frequently on watchOS nine, I would wear the watch all day, like do like work out with it even, and then sleep with it and not charge it to the next morning. Like while I was getting ready. And now I kind of find myself just topping it off before I go to bed. But that sounds like a nice life. All that battery sounds like really good. It's so good. You should get a Apple watch ultra next time around. Well, I will do, but I mean, I've got to wait now. Yeah. You can't, can't do it in, in July. Uh, we, we spoke last time about the rearrangement of the buttons, and I, I stand by what we said last time. They've got it wrong. I think the dock oh. was really useful in watchOS, and it's it's just gone. Like, it's not, I think we said this, it's not even in the iPhone companion app. It's just gone. It, it just It's like it never existed. Like, what, what dock? There was no dock here. The control center does not need to be on the side button. That is the most overkill like I could possibly think of. It also, again, we'll pour one out for our friend, the side button. The side button's name is not even capitalized in Apple's documentation. Apple, the company that names and brands every single feature they ever add to anything, just the side button, all lowercase. The side button has been through many things. The side Control button. center is probably the worst. You get used to it, like a weekend. Like I, I've got, I don't like it, but I've gotten used to it. Um, I do really like that the widgets are below the watch face. I still think using the digital crown to get to them is a little bit weird, but it makes sense in practice. 
Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to having third party widgets pop up in there. Like right now, I have a lot of a lot of Apple ones, but the for the most part, like I think it that works. But yeah, the the button arra- rearrangement I think is uh, is a swing and a miss. And I think people are going to find it confusing. Like when you install Watch OS 10, it walks you through like this is how you use your watch. And if you've had a watch before, I'm telling you, you're going to blow right through it and then be confused about how it works. Like I just I don't know why they've settled on what they've settled on. Remove the confusion part. I agree with you, but remove that from it. Like not being able to easily and quickly access like your most used applications i just think is a bad idea like i think they would honestly be better off getting rid of the entire app list and just replacing it with something like that anyway like i i I just can't imagine a world in which there are people that are using all of the 50 apps that they use on their watch frequently rather than the five that they use frequently and like prioritizing the app list over over frequently used applications is just bad and similarly, like I struggle to imagine that constantly opening Control Center is more popular than having a quick way to get to your favorite apps. Like I just, I, I mean, sure, there there has to be a way to quickly open Control Center, but dedicating a like the only non-crown button on a regular Apple Watch, and sure, the Apple Watch Ultra as another action button but on a regular apple watch that is the only button that is not the digital crown um yeah <laughs> just to control center so all you can do is click once for control for control center and click twice for apple pay surely there has to be like i mean you know i'm, I'm just gonna say it. just do a triple click add a why triple isn't it just Top right swipe for control center, top left swipe for notification center, like the iPhone. Because maybe they feel like it's not big enough? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. But you know, this but is going to be a thing, right? This is They're, they're not going to listen to feedback on this. And come September, people are going to be upset that, there's, that the dock with the favorite apps is gone. And it's going to be the thing that we talk about in September. Why does the widgets need two ways to get to it? Because they're the future, baby. Yeah, but why two ways? You know what I mean? Like, it seems... Have you heard about widgets? I, I guess I'll hear about it twice. Also wanted to touch base on iOS 17. One of the beta features that I don't think we've talked about on the show is that you can f- uh, finally download map data offline in Apple Maps. Previously, and for years, if you had a route set, it would download the route and like information along the route. So if you're like driving cross country and Verizon drops out, you can you know not get not get lost if, as long as you stay on the route. But now you can go in and really like any size area you want, download map data for offline use. Google Maps has had this for a long time. Google Maps even like sends you a little notification of like, hey, your offline maps are out of date. Do you want to refresh them? It's all very nice in Google Maps. Um, really pretty easy to do in Apple Maps. Listener David wrote in. I thought this was a, a funny way to compare these things. So listener David writes, uh, I get 951 megabytes of data for London. Panning over to Rome, I get 433 megabytes, which demonstrates London is the more interesting place. Correct information. The courage that this David has to send this kind of feedback to the show. I mean, it takes courage to send this kind of email to us. 
It takes courage to speak the truth. It does. People say that usually. London is a more interesting... Am I going to say that London is a more interesting place than Rome? Yes, Federico, I am going to say oh that. Oh, my God. I'm, I love I'm, Rome, but I'm like... I'm hanging up on you. I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> no, you know don't do I mean? that. London is a more interesting place than Rome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ah, uh, then why don't... You know, you know, next time you should take a vacation in London. I live in London. You take yeah. your vacations in Rome often? Yeah. I do. I actually, we center. do take staycations in London quite a lot. Actually, we'll, we'll go to like hotels and stuff. Like, cause it's great. Oh my god, London is a more interesting. I thought I had I heard it all on this show, and then you yeah. come out with London is a more interesting place than Rome. Oh, I didn't say it. David said it. I just agree. No, but you agree with him. It's like you yeah, said. I it. agree. It's pretty easy to agree. Like, it doesn't actually take a lot. Uh, of effort to agree. So Are you trolling me? You're trolling me right now, right? You can't seriously think that. I'm trolling you, but I believe it. So you're serious about this? Rome is amazing. I love it. Wonderful city. Would go there again. A plus of the places I've been. It's very high. But it ain't London, son. Nowhere is. I put London on the top of all lists. Yeah. Okay. So if all you right. say to me New York, I'll be like, oh, New York's awesome. I love it. It ain't London. Memphis's data was 250 megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? You're not in this conversation. <laughs> Memphis is the most interesting city in the world. It's true. Yeah. 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 But I'm I'm glad this feature is here. Like it really is nice. And but there was an article going around yesterday about users like or maybe today turning to Apple Maps. It was this piece in the Wall Street Journal. People are very excited about Apple Maps all of a sudden. It's pretty fun. So uh yeah, I've I've basically switched to it. Like we did a, an MPU episode on it a while back, and I used it for like a month leading up to that episode. And I really haven't gone back to Google Maps. It's actually gotten pretty good, at least here in the, in the United States. What happens if you download this stuff and like points of interest and things change? So so Google sends you a notification. Like I said, in Apple Maps, let me let me go to my offline maps. You real know, quick. they don't change in Rome because our buildings have been staying up for thousands of years. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, we also have the same. But but one of the great things about London is we like we continue to build like new and really interesting buildings rather than ones that have just fallen to pieces. Falling to pieces. Yeah, I've seen the Colosseum. Oh my god. <laughs> In the offline maps UI, you get a list of your downloaded areas, and then you there's some settings. So you can download over Wi-Fi or cellular, and there's a toggle that says automatic updates. So I guess it just monitors it in the background, and at some point, it just re-downloads sections of it. And then you can optimize storage, which I don't know why you'd want to do if you want them offline, but anyways. Yeah, that seems like a really bad toggle to have, optimized storage. I don't know. It seems weird. This is typically a thing you maybe use in like an emergency or whatever. Mm -hmm. like, like, oh no, iCloud optimized it away. Uh, yeah. And then there's there's a setting for use offline maps or only use offline maps. And the little helper text says, use downloaded map data even when you have an internet connection. So it seems like it's just going to stay up to date in the background, which is what I want. Like the Google Maps thing is nice because... At least it's like a reminder that things change and they're on top of it. But if it just kept it in the background and it really works, then I'm, I'm totally fine with that. So, um, yeah, I'm, this is a good feature. I don't know, uh, you know, what what took them so long because Google has had it a long time. But I'm glad that it's here and it's. I think that is the story with all Apple Maps features. It is.
That's what happens when you start six years later or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Federico, can we call a truce? Mm. I love your city very much, and I look forward to the time that I get to spend there, mostly because you're there. Mm. There's all no right. truce. There's no okay. truce. The show's over. This is the I last said, episode. I said, all right. I said, okay. 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 Truce has been called. This episode of Connected is made possible by Electric. Turning a small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions. I mean, that's just the reality of being a business owner. But the team over at Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they're on hand to help with time-consuming parts of your business, like standardizing device security with best-in-class device management software, so you can implement best practices across the board and be ready to scale. And employee onboarding and offboarding can be done for you, saving you an average of eight hours per request. Plus, Electric will help you keep a single point of visibility into your IT environment to control your devices, networks, and applications with simplified reporting that allows you to achieve and maintain compliance. And proactive IT recommendations and automated workflows make IT easy to manage even for non-technical users. If you're hearing this and you think your company could use some of these services, but you're not sure where to start, Electric's experts will guide you through the process of establishing standardized IT processes for your organization. Delegation is so important when you're a business owner. And with Electric, you can hand over your IT management and workflows to experts. That's really what you want to look for when you're delegating, someone who really knows what they're doing, and the team at Electric fits that bill. For connected listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash connected. That's electric.ai slash connected. Go there now for your free pair of Beat Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for the support of the show and Relay FM. I want to see if I can try and make up make up to Federico. Hmm. All right. I got I got something for you, Federico. I bought something and I like it. Okay. I bought the charging cube. Oh, okay. Okay. I bought the charging cube, the anchor what's it called? It's the anchor charging cube. Well, the three in one yeah. cube with the Nancy. anchor three in one. I bought I yes. bought the anchor three in one. I I think nice. You got the best one. I think it's really nice. It's a weird looking thing. Yes. But like as an object, and like it's super strange to have a little drawer yes. <laughs> inside of the charger. Yeah. Uh, I really like it. If I could improve it in one way, I would like to be able to stick it to the desk. You know, like those like suction uh, cup things. Yes. That would be good. But this is a great little product. The Anchor Three in One Cube with MagSafe. Yeah, it's perfect and and it's proper MagSafe. Uh, so eventually, is it proper MagSafe? Like I, I was struggling to try and work this out. It is proper MagSafe. Yeah, okay. uh, it's they set it on the Apple Store as proper MagSafe. Right. Um, yeah, eventually it'll suppose it'll support the MagSafe memory feature of standby, and it's got the little drawer for the Apple Watch charging pack, and in the back. So when you, when you lift the MagSafe mm-hmm. part off the top of the cube the back is a wireless charging pad so you AirPods. can you can put your airpods there and it's perfect the reason i've done this i also bought the studio neat material dock thing too i'm mm. 
I'm going all in on standby, right? Yeah. So like I've been wanting to try this thing out. Boys, I gotta let you know this MagSafe thing's pretty cool. Welcome to the party. I don't know. I don't remember ever being told. I don't. I. I have no memory of this. I have no memory of this. I don't know. This standby feature could be the sleeper hit of iOS 17. I think mm-hmm. it's super good. Like it's well thought out. As we said before, like the editing of this in only being able to edit when you're in standby mode is weird. Uh, but you don't need to edit that much. Um, I kind of wished I could turn off the face ID thing for this. Like just forget it but i understand why it's why it's needed for certain things like when looking at photos and apps and stuff but the you guys today actually published a really good roundup on mac stories of the feature itself and the products that you're using mm-hmm. i love it i like the widgets like right now i've got what this my main screen up where i've got a clock on the right hand side and my active timer on the left hand side of timery but also it has the uh live uh, activity in the top so if i change to a different screen that would be there um I was surprised by how much I enjoy the photos view. Um, I just think that that's really nice. Uh, I like that they have the uh, just like the typical like featured and then they have nature, cities and people that it cycles through. I found out today a thing that I, I did not know you could add other albums to this, which is something I learned by reading your piece today uh, on Max Story. So I've added a few extra albums on there that I can cycle through. This is so good. And today as well, I was also... Uh, using it as like a now playing screen for music on my HomePod, right? So like I did the thing where I sent music out to my HomePod mini and it is just glorious for music control, just sitting there on the desk. This is a fantastic feature. And Apple, please just make a HomePod of this on it. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to have to use my phone for this. Like, but this is, yeah, this is a super good feature. The fact that I have to take my MagSafe thing off and put it on there and put it back on again, totally worth it for how great the feature this is. Like, super, super good. I would say if you have a MagSafe charger, this is worth the iOS 17 beta upgrade, I think. Because you can use it with most of the features. Apple's got a bunch of widgets. Like, even if you don't have third-party widgets that you can put on there, um, just the stock stuff is really really nice the way notifications come in on it oh it's also yeah good. so good. live activities are yep. also supported yeah uh, siri has a special ui for it uh iMessage notifications are great uh and even just the the digital clock like the uh, so the third page right is all about different styles of clock and you got an analog one there's a world clock that has the same cities you've set up in the clock app but just the regular the first one the digital clock it's got the current time, the current date, the current temperature, and if you set up an alarm, your alarm. And it's perfect. That's what I use on my nightstand. Have you used it, like, when sleeping? Uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah? Yeah. How is the actual red light thing? Does it? It's, like- it's very much like the Apple Watch Ultra mode for very low brightness. It's very dim, and it recognizes okay. if, if you... Like if you bump your charger just a little, it lights mm-hmm. up. Uh, but yeah, it uh, for me, I I keep a very very dim blue light on at night just because we, we don't like sleeping in total darkness. And with that like fifteen or twenty percent brightness uh, blue light that we have, uh, the red light mode uh, kicks in every time, and it's I love it. It it doesn't disturb me at all. 
uh, that said, maybe you know everybody uh, is different in terms of light sensitivity. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's 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 basically on my left side, uh, about well, 30, 40 centimeters away from my head, typically, and it's totally okay. Like for me, I I do feel like this is more of a feature I want at my desk than at my bedside. Like for no specific reason, I just think this is where it will make the most. It makes the most sense for me personally. But I'm sure it is great for the bedside. I'll try it when when I change around the the docks that I have there. But like as a sitting on the desk and being able to look at a screen and get some information, it's like super good. Stephen, have you used it much? Yeah, I, I like it too. I've got a studio neat stand which we're gonna talk about in a second but uh it's nice and at first like when i saw apple and i was like why is everything so big in this ui and i just was a dummy i didn't think about like oh i can have it kind of far away and still see what's going on because my mount is at the, like the corner of my desk like it's more than an arm's length away and so i can just glance over and everything's still really readable so i'm uh, i'm digging it yeah, it's really good but i do have i do have some some magsafe drama in my life okay okay drama so i've been using the apple leather case on phones for a long time now at least during the like the summer like shorts weather and jeans weather i usually use my phone without a case but i recently remembered i just it like popped in my head one day that in like the iphone 4 and 4s days uh 12 south used to make a product that would stick to the back of your phone like a skin but it was leather. It's like you had some texture on the back of the phone, but it wasn't a case. And I had good memories of that product. And I was like, well, maybe I could find something like that and kind of have the, the best of both worlds. Like have a little protection on the back, uh, have a, you know, a, a nice textured surface and go caseless otherwise. So mm. there's a bunch of these out there. I found one at Etsy that looked well-reviewed. There may be others like this is not an endorsement of a single product on Etsy. But I ordered this thing and it showed up and it uses like like 3M, you know, sticky adhesive stuff, goes on the back of your phone and provides like a nice leather back. And there's a little bit of thickness to it. So it's not like paper thin. So it's not like a D brand skin or something that's like vinyl. Like this is like leather with some backing. Pretty nice. But it is thick enough where it interferes with MagSafe. So... Oh, no. MagSafe is better with a case. It's much stronger if you're using a case that also has MagSafe. And I've been using the Peak Design MagSafe compatible wallet for like a year now because I can have it attached to my phone when I want that. And when I don't want that, it's like a magnet, right? It just like comes right off. Well, the wallet doesn't really work with this very well. But to be fair, the magnet also doesn't really work very well if the case isn't present like just the naked phone the wallet kind of moves around some so that is what it is but this on the studio neat stand because it's basically vertical the magnetic connection is not strong enough and the phone falls off the dock like it doesn't stay magnetized <laughs> you kind of messed up here <laughs> with this yeah because <laughs> i like the way that this looks i like the way that it feels but I can't use any of my MagSafe stuff. I'm probably just going to go back to the Apple case, I think, which makes me sad. Yeah, I think that you have made, like, the you've done, like, the worst thing, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that you've completely rendered MagSafe to be useless. 
which is a shame. Just not something I thought about when I ordered but this. But maybe you've identified a gap in the market, though. Leather sticky backs that are also with magnets in have, them. Have magnets in them. I mean, it's not. It's like a. It's a good idea. Like so. So I. I have a theory. Speaking of MagSafe and cases that I want to share, I recently went back to the Apple leather case, which has official MagSafe support, because I have this theory that using, for the past couple of months, a third-party MagSafe-compatible case has ruined my iPhone's battery. Up until two months ago, my iPhone battery health, a 14 Pro Max that I got in September, was a 99%. You know where it is today, after a couple of months? 92%. That's way too big a difference. And what were you using? This is just a theory. Uh, I'm not saying that it's the company's fault. But for the past couple of months, I've been using the MagBack iPhone case. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, So, I don't know, man. Like, 7% in like a month and a half or something... Like, what have I done to this battery? Like, I've, I haven't done anything wild. It's not like when I go to the beach, I leave my iPhone exposed in super direct sunlight. Federico, I have another answer for you here. Okay. It is called the iOS 17 beta. I mean, sure. My battery health is 93%. Mm. I think because my phone is running so hot so often. Mm. I, I I don't remember what mine was, but I feel like it wasn't that low. Like because we Maybe spoke about this right. recently, right? It and wasn't so, like, that low, right? It wasn't. No, that I don't low. think it was that low. So I I reckon it's the it's the beta that's killing the battery health. One hundred percent, baby. Right. Yours is at one hundred percent. Yeah, but didn't you just get that phone recently because you destroyed one? I. How old did. is that phone? Uh, like three months, four months. Yeah. I mean, so like you've got nothing. You can't come in here and be like, "Oh, my brand new phone is fine." I mean, I, I will say like the heat is sometimes a concern with with wireless charging. I, I don't really have it with MagSafe, but my new truck has a wireless charger in it, and I pick my phone off that thing, and my phone is hot. So I, I think I'm going to go back yeah. to wired charging in my while I'm driving around. Yeah, I, I just genuinely like my phone is hot a lot of the time right now and that has only started since the beta like so i i think i'm not surprised i'm not complaining like this is part of what it is to run beta software like your battery life's gonna go down and it seems like potentially the battery health is in question like because mm. you know the cpu of the phone is in the top left hand corner right i think that is where my phone is like too hot to touch. Like when I was talking about playing ridiculous fishing earlier, like that's where the absolute heat is. Um, and so, yeah. I think we have stumbled upon a classic connected moment. Okay. It is time to turn to the passionate ones. Yes. If you are running the iOS 17 beta, go check out your battery health. And if you remember having seen a percentage that was higher months ago, couple of months ago, maybe, last month, before the beta. If you recall what it was, go take a look now and let us know. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll see if this is just me and Mike or if it's actually the beta that has been, you know, in addition to letting our iPhones run hot and the battery lasting less during the day, but also actually impacting battery health in settings. So let us know. Uh, what's the best way to let us know? 
feedback form. Yeah, you you want to accept okay, so uh connectedfeedback.com. I was just going to come back around to your problem, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Have you considered like a dbrand skin? Yeah. It will give you the grip and it's not going to cause the issue. I didn't really consider it cuz last time I looked at the at the dbrand website, which has been a while, I'm loading it up now. I just don't like a lot of the look of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's see. iPhone. They have a lot of really cool looking designs. Pro Max. Now, I think. Why don't you get the one that's like see-through? Oh, there's you one know, that makes get... it look like the they nothing have phone. <laughs> they, have, they have real leather, but I don't know how thick it is. Yeah. The see-through one is cool. Yeah. You should get one of those. You should, you should get a couple. You should get the leather one, see what that's like. Get the see-through one, because that's just awesome. You could get camo, because then you'll fit in. Mm. With, you know, you know what I'm saying. You could get the, I like the teardown skins that they do. Like, I just think they look good. Um, yeah, there's a, bu- they do a bunch of good looking ones now. I think in the past they have had some like questionable <laughs> design. Uh, but these days I think they've really nailed like the, the overall design. Is the little sticker that goes over the camera bump separate? I wonder. Cause I, yes, it's a separate Okay, cause piece. I'd leave that off, I think, if I did the leather one. It's, I, think, I believe they are, it comes in two pieces and you put one over the camera bump and one on the, the actual thing itself. Yeah, the teardown one is sweet. Okay, well, I may try this. We'll see. And a, a t- for you as well, like the teardown skin, it's actually kind of how your phones tend to look, which is just broken. That feels unfair. Is it though? How, how long have you had that phone? A few months. Why did you get it? Because I switched up from the Pro. Oh yeah, I forgot that was flip flop. That wasn't that wasn't breakage. You know, I, I just want to say something about that. I wasn't going to earlier, but okay. and then you and then Please you do. hurt his feelings. But could we just talk about Federico being back on HomePods for a minute? Like, no, 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 no. no. You've been HomePod, Alexa, HomePod, Alexa. Uh no, 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 no. I have Alexa in the living room. Nothing has changed. It continues to be the best way to speak in two languages. I just have the HomePod for me. It's not a family thing. It's just a me thing uh, that Silvia doesn't use, that I just use for music. And Mm. uh, literally, I only use it for music. Like, it's only a music device. Can I ask you a question about the Sonos? Yeah. You have the Sonos... Rome. Rome. Do you use the Sonos app or do you just airplay to it? Oh, I airplay to it. I don't like using the app. I okay. like to use the, the music app, yeah. Because you said you didn't like it. I just wondered if like mm. if you were using the app or not. Because I like the Sonos app. Like, I mean, you kind of... You have to like it if you like Sonos, right? It's yeah, like, it's, you, you know, and, and I do like it. Like, I do... I think, it's, I think it's really good for what it does. Like, the design is whatever. I just think it's really cool how you can have, like, multiple music services all in one place. Um, and, and I think... Feel, and I like the way you group. Like, if... Realistically, it's good if you have like a whole setup because I don't have one of those yet. But I was thinking about getting one of those little ones for the bathroom at some point. But uh, so I was just wondering what it, whether you were using that. What do you not like about it, particularly? I don't know. No, really, just more about about the fact that I like to uh, use the music app because of lyrics. I gotta, I gotta have my lyrics. Okay. You know. And I guess just it's easier to airplay to a HomePod Mini than it is to anything else. It's easier. You just, you know, I keep it there in portrait mode on a stand, uh, music playing, lyrics scrolling on the side. It's very nice. Yeah. And the problem is that third party music apps cannot do real time lyrics. So that's why. 
I'm sorry. I'm just I'm I'm not I'm just asking. Like, can you not just airplay to the Sonos and then the, the music lyrics still work or do they not work? Then. Yeah, but I I just prefer the HomePod Mini as as an experience. Okay. I'm yeah. not. Uh, this is not a criticism. I'm just like uh, uh, wondering because I don't have this product yet, so I, I wanted to see if there was any and like, like pitfall. The ROM sometimes would fail to connect. Like I would turn right. it on, yeah, and I would try to connect from control center, and it wouldn't connect. And um, I mean, this is pretty have... typical, I think, of any AirPlay device that's not an Apple device. Like, well, it doesn't happen with the HomePod Mini. That's what I said. It's not an Apple device. Like Apple stuff works perfectly. Yeah, Other AirPlay yeah, exactly. things I've tried yes. don't work as reliably. So there was that, and uh, I don't know. Like the, this sort of setup lets me use the HomePod Mini in more places, and it, I don't know. I just like it more as as an object, and and I think it sounds better than a Sonos Roam person. Oh, I, I think so too. Yeah, because I've I've heard them, but I've never I haven't had that one. So. I have one other dilemma, tech dilemma I needed to talk to you all about. You're, you're a man of questions today, okay. It's dilemma cast. So I went from the two Mac lifestyle to the one Mac lifestyle a while back, <laughs> which I'm... How many Macs do you have now? <laughs> is that what the dilemma is? Technically like 300, but, okay. uh, you know, one <laughs> one work computer. Okay. <laughs> I had a desktop and a notebook for a long time. I switched over to a... 14-inch MacBook Pro uh, earlier this year. Really, I'm really, really enjoying it. One thing that I've I put off when I set this computer up was addressing my use of cloud storage. So before, basically anything important on my computers was on Dropbox because I would need to access those things at my desk on my Mac Pro or Mac Studio or whatever. And then on my notebook, right? When I'm working somewhere else or traveling or, you know, even just like in the house and not out here in the studio. And that worked really well for a long time. And I just basically left it as it was until a few, about a month ago I was traveling and I was at Airbnb with my family and pulled up my laptop one evening to to get some stuff knocked out real quick. And Dropbox was like freaking out so i restarted it and then it needed to resync everything to my computer and it took forever like hey i don't like this i don't love that they had to use apple's like cloud storage api stuff and that's on apple more than dropbox i think but it's like well this isn't great and i just kind of made it a mental like i made a note of like okay take stuff off a dropbox that doesn't need to be there i'm only using one computer so a few weeks ago i went through one day and took basically everything that wasn't shared with somebody else and put it, you know, in documents or pictures or, you know, it's corresponding folders in my home folder, just locally on my Mac. And that's still backed up via Time Machine and Backblaze. So like, it's not syncing anywhere, but it is it is backed up. And there've been a couple of times already where I've been somewhere, like maybe I just have my phone and someone needs something. Uh, or I need something. And in the past, because everything was on Dropbox, I could just open the Dropbox app, you know, copy the link to the to the the picture or the document or whatever, share it with somebody, and like move on. But I can't do that, right? If everything's on my home folder and my laptop is at home on my desk and I'm I'm somewhere else. So I'm kind of torn. I do not want to well, okay. I am st- I am not one of those people who's like trying to rid Dropbox 
for my life entirely. Like so much of my work is with other people and we use Dropbox to sync things around and it works really, really well for that. But I'm just like... Worse than it used to, but still good. Worse than it used to, still better than iCloud Drive, I think. I did set up... So in this, uh, Mary and I had a shared folder, but it was literally the only thing she was using Dropbox for. Like she doesn't use Dropbox for anything else. I was like, okay, well, we already pay for like shared iCloud storage. We can just get rid of your Dropbox account and put our like family shared folder in iCloud Drive. And I've done that and like, it's fine, but kind of weird. And on my Mac, at least just every once in a while, I'll go to get something out of that and it won't be local, even though I've told iCloud and system settings uh, not to optimize Mac storage, like to keep everything local. And I have four terabytes free. It's like, it's not a disk storage space. Like, what are you doing? So I don't want to move all this stuff to iCloud Drive. Uh, and I, and I don't have enough space left on our shared and our, on our shared iCloud storage to even do that if I wanted to, which is a problem I have to contend with at some point. And so I don't know what to do. Like, do I put stuff back on Dropbox, even though it's just me? So I have access to it from my phone or at least more things, but then it's weird if things are like split. I just, I don't know what to do. Why don't you go back to the system you were at before of everything in Dropbox? Like, I don't understand what the downside is. Yeah, I guess I just had like a bad taste in my mouth after it was like, I got to resync everything and I was traveling, but that's only happened happened once. What happened there though? Like, why did that happen? I don't understand. I don't know. I lived the life of everything on Dropbox. Like, and even yeah. with its potential faults, it makes sense to me to live that way. Because it's like, for all of the reasons that you're saying, it's like, everything I need is always available if I ever need it. It's my entire file structure for every file that I use is in Dropbox. So it's just always there. Like I don't I don't have to think about it, you know? And I'm probably gonna end up doing that and just like taking the time to sort it all out. because uh, one thing I did when I put things back in my home folder out of Dropbox is like, oh, my organization in Dropbox was really pretty bad. It just like happened over time, right? Just like it does with anything else. And so I think I would spend some time sorting it out better which would help is probably the right answer. It's just like, I feel kind of sad about it for some way. I can't quite put my finger on. I just wish it was better. And I blame Apple. That's really the heart of this. I think, you know, I continue to have problems sometimes like, frequently these days. Like someone will be finished with a, with a podcast for, with edit or whatever. And they'll put it in our shared Dropbox, but I have that folder, you know, it's not local or whatever. And it's these days typically quicker for me to go to the web and download it than to sync it. Because oh wow, just be and it's not a speed thing. It just gets stuck. Yeah, and so like unless something is always syncing, like I'm having this kind of stuff a lot. It's just not as reliable as it used to be, and it's 100 percent because of this the way that they've been forced to adopt this new API or whatever this new like file provider API thing. Still don't understand what the point of that is uh, when the system was worse than what Dropbox was using before. I, I do, no one will ever be able to adequately explain to me why that was forced upon Dropbox users. Um, it, I found it very frustrating and the, it, you know using my Mac has become worse since then. But it's still better. Like It's still better than not having it, right? And so, like, I st all my folders are still locally on my Mac, right? Even if they're not if yeah. they're syncing more slowly. And if people are uploading things to Dropbox and they're not syncing to me correctly, I can still go get them from the website. So, like, it is a better system, 
but I am now sometimes just having to jump through a couple of extra hoops when sharing folders and files back and forth with people. But I prefer that to not having it. Um, and I wouldn't want to be in a situation like you're in, Stephen, where like something goes missing or something I need something and I can't get it, or I've, you know, you 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 expect to have shared something with someone, but actually you saved it to the podcast folder in your documents thing. Right? I wouldn't want to live yeah. that way. So I would just. Again, not as good as it used to be. You had a bad experience with it, which I understand. But like, it just seems better to me to use this system rather than not. Yeah, because at least it, yeah, it is worse than it was. It better than iCloud Drive. Like that's kind of where I come back to. And if I if I decided to go iCloud Drive, it would only be a subset of this because in our shared family plan, we have nine hundred gigs left, and I moved more than like a terabyte and a half off of Dropbox. So I would need to do some some sorting there while we were recording i had the thought of like my for some reason i never thought that my photos were not being downloaded to this mac so from like the originals so Mm -hmm. i just started that process because i yeah download originals to this mac is the setting you want in the photos i've I've done that i mean i do it on my iphone and i thought i was doing it on this mac but the mac tells me i wasn't so that's that process, that very opaque process of downloading those photos has now begun. Yeah, that's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, 15,000 photos for me. Hmm. It's a bunch. Mm-hmm. I think that about does it this week. If you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 459. The links, of course, are also in your podcast player. There's a link to send feedback or follow-ups. So let us know how the iOS 17 beta has treated your iphone you can also join and get connected pro which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week uh, this week of connected pro we talked about the news out of vox media and uh custom cms development and, and what that takes over the long haul well, that was a good good conversation if you're a web publishing nerd, then you'll enjoy connected pro this week if you want more of us you can find us all online federico is the editor-in-chief of macstories.net He's only halfway on threads because of the EU, but he's Vitici on threads, and you can find him on Mastodon as well as Vitici at MacStories.net. Yeah. You can find Mike on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM, and he's the co-founder of Cortex Brand. He is on threads as iMike and is on Mastodon as iMike at Mike.social. You can find my writing over at 512Pixels, and I'm on Mac Power Users each and every Sunday afternoon here on Relay FM. You can find me on Mastodon as ismh at eworld.social, and I'm on threads as ismh86. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Notion and Electric. And until next time, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.